All right. Welcome. I'm afraid this is like too loud. I'm going to regret this later on. Okay. <sighs> Welcome. Hello, friends, family, buddies, pals, listeners from all over, all walks of life. This is Days and Amuse Podcast. My name is B. I am your lovely host, and welcome to our second episode. I'm super, super, super duper excited. Um, I have gotten a lot of great feedback from the, let me turn this down a little bit. I've gotten um, a lot of great, hold on. Okay. I've gotten a lot of great feedback about uh, the first episode and essentially um, expectations of what is to come. Uh, so that has been super great. I have a couple people that have already asked about topics and wanting to be on the show, so that's even more exciting. I'm glad that um, everyone is being so receptive and so accepting um, of the new format and in its change of what it was. So thank you all so much. Um, for those of you who missed it on Instagram, follow at Days and Amuse Podcast. Uh, I did say that I was going to release a an episode. Yes, an episode early. Um, so rather than having to wait all the way until next Sunday, I'm going to release one for, uh, we're going to call it Wax Wednesday for now. Why not? Wax and Relax. <laughs> Wax and Relax Wednesday. Oh my god, y'all heard it here first. Wow. Um yeah, so today for Wax and Relax, um I'm going to actually be taking a dab of oh, I did this last time. I don't have the name of this anymore because I threw away the packaging because I was being high and dumb while I was cleaning one day and it's like, oh, I don't need this. Bye. It's on the bottom of the container. Well, it's not. Pass B. It's not. <laughs> um, but it I know it's an indica, because your girl loves to be in the couch, so um Maybe this can stop my head from spinning a little bit. I feel like today I've been all over the place. Hot mess. Oh, shoot. Okay. <clears throat> um, one of the things is I lost my cord to 
my original microphone so I'm using my PlayStation headset right now um so this will be interesting you know you'll really get to hear my enunciation my p's and t's and s's this will be the day I f or the episode I find out if you know I have a lisp or not <laughs> Because it's not protected by the other one. Um, and I feel like it's really close to my mouth. Ooh, awkward. Um, so, yeah. Welcome to <laughs> Taste and Amuse Podcast. Where it is a cannabis-fueled conversation about culture. Um, I'm thankful that you're here. It's 4.20, 4 minutes and 20 seconds on on the podcast, so let's get right to it. Um, I, Since I don't know the strain name, I will just give you some information about Indicas. How about that? Okay. So, I will give you some information from... I'll use Healthline. Okay. It was medically reviewed, so, and it was updated literally March 22nd, 2021, so not too long ago. So, typically, people know of strains as like indica, sativa, and hybrid. Uh, for those of you who are new or don't really know, and you're like, I just smoke the shit and hope that it gets me high, and some stuff I really like, and some stuff I don't, it's probably because, you know, you generally prefer or lean more towards one or the other. Um, so sativas, um, are primarily found in hot, dry climates. Um, they are known for being energizing and anxiety reducing. Um, and, According to Healthline, it says, if you use sativa-dominant strains, you may feel productive and creative, and it's because of its stimulating impact. It is typically used during the day. Now, me, on the other hand, I like my good old indicas in the couch. So, indica, um, our indicas are typically native to Afghanistan, India, Pakistan, and Turkey. The plants have adapted to an often harsh, dry, and turbulent climate. Uh, as far as its effects, indicas are known for its intensely relaxing effects. It may also help reduce nausea and pain and increase appetite. Oh, maybe that's my problem because I'd be ready to snack after. Because of its deep relaxation effects, indicas are better consumed at night. I like it because I feel like a lot of times my brain is just like, go, 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 go. Like pinging from one thought to another. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, can it's, it's exhausting. I'm like, I just need to focus on this one thing. I just need to just shh brain. I know there's 15 billion other things that I have to finish. I know that the dishes aren't done. I know that I need to fold laundry. For instance, I need to sit down and record this episode. I will take a hit and then it's like, oh, my arm hurts. I got the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, the first dose, and I went to lift my arm. Nope. 
But it's just like this wave of like, it's like being in fight or flight mode all the time and then taking the hit makes it where you're just in, I'm regular. I can just function. (laughs) So that is my marijuana fact for this episode. I didn't give you one last time because I think I smoked the same thing. Um, But yeah, a little indica fact and why I like slash enjoy slash prefer indicas. So cheers. Let's get it started. Um, I'm using my silicone rig. It's black and yellow because hello, B. Um, I will admit that I honestly don't know like exactly what I'm doing. I learned off of YouTube and there's so many different ways and so many different tips and tricks that I just like try to do what I think is right. And that's one thing that I like I love and hate about the stoner community or the cannabis community is like we're willing to educate people but then you have those assholes who like they're like ho ho you're doing it wrong and it's like okay stoner to stoner help me how to tell me how to do it right like don't be a fucking bully. All right, cheers. Oh, yeah. Tasty. Mm. Ugh. All right. So, let's get started on today's episode. Um, today's episode is going to be talking about grief. Um, I have learned a lot in the past few years about grief. And when I tell you, like, the main thing that I have learned slash realized is when you think you have learned all that you can learn about grief, you haven't. Because even though on paper it says, like, this is what grief is, this is how it goes, this is how it occurs, it is so different for people. It's Especially when it comes to the stages, some people can be in one stage for like years whereas other people fly through the whole thing within a matter of a year um so and there's so many different reasons why you can have grief so uh first I'm gonna look up a scientific definition for y'all grief definition a psychology okay So this is from, what is, is APA like, okay, I'm going to assume this is a reputable source. So it says, this is a definition by the American Psychological Association, and it, they describe or define grief as the anguish between are the anguish experienced after significant loss, usually the death of a beloved person. Grief is often distinguished from bereavement and mourning. Not all bereavements result in a strong grief response, and not all grief is given public expression. 
Grief often includes uh, physiological distress, separation anxiety, confusion, yearning, obsessive dwelling on the past, and apprehension about the future. Intense grief can become life-threatening through disruption of the immune system, self-neglect, and suicidal thoughts. Grief may also take form of regret for something lost, remorse for something done, or sorrow of a mishap to oneself. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Um, grief is different than bereavement, which is the condition of having a loved one lost a loved one to death. And mourning, which is the process of feeling or expressing grief following the death of a loved one or the period of which it occurs. It typically involves apathy and dejection, loss of interest in the outside world, and diminution in activity and initiative. These reactions are similar to depression but are less persistent and are not considered pathological. Other mourning reactions may include anger towards the deceased for dying, a sense of relief that the deceased is no longer suffering, anxiety about the repercussions of losing someone upon whom the bereaved may have depended, and physical signs fatigue loss of appetite etc <sighs> shit i went through all that um but yeah so it, it, grief is just it's a lot it's this deep encompassing sorrow it's 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 There's no way to describe, I mean, uh, clearly they put it into words, but like the actual feeling of it, there's absolutely no way to describe it because I know my grief was different than my mom's, my dad's, my oldest brother, my nephew, everyone in my family, you know, and so we each felt like the same pain, but in different perspectives. Um, and I think that's what one of the issues with, not even issues, but one of the difficulties in understanding what grief is, is because even in you being in the same situation as someone and you trying to support someone or think you're, you're, you know, trying to be mindful of their emotions or or even trying to take care of that person or try to understand where they're coming from and, you know, try to relate. It's hard. It's it's hard. You know, I remember me and my mother having a conversation of, you know, how we felt about the passing of my brother and like, you know, how she was like, you know, I've never seen you cry. Like, you know, not that she doubted that I was sad. She knew that I was sad, but she was like, I just didn't want you like holding it in or, you know, feeling like you couldn't come talk to me. And for me, I realized that my way of grieving was getting more connected to myself and getting Okay, I used to call it selfish, but my therapist said it's self-preservation. So I focused more on self-preservation and started doing what I wanted to do because 
one of the things that I absolutely adored about my brother is that anytime we were together or any conversation we had or I could always be my true self around him without any judgment because he did have a big influence on on who I became and not in the sense of like oh you know he molded my personality but he gave me the opportunity and the space to be who I wanted to be freely without being like that's weird or you know making fun of me or anything like that if anything he participated so um my grief in the way I handled it was dramatically different than my mom um so it, it just it's hard because it's you're searching for someone that you can connect with and you can connect through the pain but you know if someone's in a different stage than you especially if they're in your family um it it can it can cause friction it can it can cause misunderstandings it can cause confusion like I know at least in terms of my mom, in terms of me, you know, in terms of my dad, um, my oldest brother Juan, yeah, there was a lot of times where, like, we just were not on the same page or under, not understanding, we were understanding each other, but we just were at different levels of grief. So, I feel like this is the perfect segue to talk about the stages of grief, um, which some people believe um, believe in this or, or some people feel like it's like, there's not actually, so there's a debate of how many actual stages there are. Some, uh, some articles or I don't even know what to call them. Um, journals. That's what it is. We'll say seven. Some will say five, 12, um, I think the most commonly known is, uh, the five stages of grief, which is the, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler model. Um, so the five stages of grief based on their model is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And... So, going through them, denial is, um, it's like a state of shock. Like, nothing is making sense. It's almost as if it wasn't real life. You, you start questioning, um, yourself. You start questioning things around you. It's, it's kind of like, seeing yourself at least from my perspective it was like retreating into my mind but my body was still like in robot muscle memory mode um the next is anger which is um anger about 
the loss of the person, um, anger about, you know, the people who are around who could help or couldn't help, the people who may have uh, had some type of influence or or involvement. Um, a lot of times people are angry towards God if, you know, they're religious. Um, it's just not being able to for again understand like why why did you have to lose this person um the next one is bargaining so you know it, it can be like uh, if if this will all go away if this could be a dream you know I'll be a better person I'll speak to that person more I'll you know if only this would have been different you start thinking of different scenarios of like what if, what if, what if? It's it's a continuous cycle of what if. Um, it's, in my sense, was pretty non-existent because I knew that there was not, there was no bargaining in the loss. I, I had accepted what had happened. Not ex. I shouldn't use that word because acceptance is at the end. I understood what had happened. Um, so I, I don't feel like I really had a bargaining phase. It was just kind of like, uh, now that I think about maybe I'm blind to myself. Depression. Um, I didn't realize I was in this stage um, because I was going through the whole, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, you know. I was that rock for the family, you know, I'm going to be strong for everyone. And it became um, kind of unhealthy for me because I, it, I didn't know how to express my emotions or how I was feeling. I, I just shut down emotionally and just became like really annoyed with everyone and everything. Um, and then the final one is acceptance. So, you know, you, it doesn't mean that you're okay. It doesn't mean you're not still sad, but it's just you understand that our, your loved one's physically gone and that you are going to have to get used to the new normal. But even with that, you can find different ways to connect and, and build relationships and remember the person and honor the person and um for me that is this podcast oh maybe I am in acceptance look at me I'm like sitting here reading these I'm like oh no I think I'm stuck here maybe and and that's one of the things that also I feel like it's tricky about the stages of grief because in majority of the things that I've read, it seems like this stagnant thing where you just like, okay, you go, you jump from one to the other and then to the next, to the next. And for me, I felt like I flowed through a lot of them. Like it was this valley and these peaks and valleys of, you know, at one point I was accepting, but then I would slip back into depression. And then, you know, there would be some days I wake up and I feel like I'm in that denial stage. I'm like, this isn't real. None of that happened. So um, I think that's what's pretty hard for me is the fact that all of the resources that I've read or at least seen, it makes it seem like these stagnant 
one after another kind of flow and and that's not what it is in all honesty and in most people I've talked to um especially those in my family where where we do talk about my my brother it's not they're not going through the same like up oh, well now I'm in acceptance and that's that no it's it, for them it's the same kind of peak and valley thing um so I can see why like some people don't like to use the five stages um I will say oh let's see the seven stages probably maybe be a little better let's see okay so shock and denial pain and guilt Anger and bargaining, depression, those are all the same. The upward turn. At this point, the stages of grief feel like anger and pain have died down. You're left in a more calm and relaxed state. Reconstruction and work through. You begin to put the pieces of your life back together and carry forward. Acceptance and hope. This is a very gradual acceptance of the new way of life and a feeling of possibility for the future. I like that acceptance better. It's a very gradual acceptance of the new way of life and a feeling of possibility in the future. Yes. Because I feel like just the word acceptance alone, I don't think I will ever, ever accept my brother's passing in the sense of like him being gone. Like that will always be painful. That will always hurt. Like, I know people say, oh, with time, everything gets easier. No, for me, I'm like, it's just that much longer I'm, I'm, I've been away from him, that much longer it's been since I've hugged him or talked to him or joked around with him or even fought with him. But I have come to, I don't even want to use the word accept, but I will accept the new way of life of knowing that he's not here, of knowing that my family is still healing, and in knowing that I want to use his story to hope that this doesn't happen to another family. So, man, grief is just so weird and confusing and fucked up. And I'm so glad that there's all these, these doctors that can, you know, try to figure out or try to, to understand or at least break it down a little bit to us, but shit that is not for me i'll stick to to paying the big bucks um so all right so in days and amuse fashion we like to we i like to us like to eat like to reference 
um, external sources uh, or visuals that may help people understand our topics uh, a little bit more, my topics a little bit more. Um, and with grief being one of those where it's it's so hard to understand and quite honestly, I would not wish it on my worst enemy because it is a lot to handle. Um, I think movies, uh, at least this movie, um, I felt did a great, was a great example of the difficulty and complications of dealing with grief as well as guilt that's attached to that grief. Um, I know when I think back on some times that I fought with my brother over stupid stuff, literally stuff like don't touch the air conditioner. Um, it does make me feel a little bit guilty because I didn't at the time realize how dumb I was being, um, how dumb he was being. And, uh, you know, there is some guilt attached to that because it's like, you know, did any of the arguments we have contribute to how he was feeling? Um, but in talking to my counselor, um, it's definitely been a learning experience of not taking that guilt and, and letting it weigh upon my shoulders because, in all honesty, there was nothing we could have done about Silicus's situation um, in the sense of that day, that moment, or in the events leading up to it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this could have happened any time because of the unexpectedness, because of the impulsiveness that happened. So... Um, and I believe that impulsiveness comes out also uh, in this movie and following the main character as well. So uh, I am excited to talk about this, what I find to be one of the greatest movies. It's super emotional. Um, it stars Will Smith, who I feel like is one of the greatest actors of my time um so today for our movie segment we will be talking about the 2008 drama film drama romance all of that uh film seven pounds um so seven pounds follows um a man who we originally introduced to as ben thomas um and he is uh on a mission to give different parts of his body to those who are in need of it or in need of a donor um ben meets emily who is played by rosario dawson who is in need of a heart and in getting to know Rosario and trying to deem if she's worthy, you know, of having his heart, um, Ben falls in love with Emily and, um, through, through getting to know him more as well as interacting with some of those who are, uh, end up being around him, Emily realizes that uh, Ben, who is actually Tim, um, 
is trying to make up for the killing of seven people, one of those being his fiancée, um, who died in a car crash uh, because he was texting and driving. Um, and it, this is his way of trying to redeem his self, um, feel less guilty for, and give back some good uh, in in a way that he felt like he t- took away those people's lives. Um, I will say this, this movie is a bit rough emotionally. It does, it is a trigger, triggering movie, um, because it does talk about different things like, uh, loss, uh, grief, of course, and, um, suicide. Uh, but I will say it, it is a movie that I find myself, going back to and re-watching and uh, giving me that that little mental check of, of, hey, be a good person. Just be a good person. Do the best that you can to be a good person because um, you never know who or what someone is going through, who is going through something or what they're going through. Um, so seven pounds... Um, hold on. Seven Pounds is definitely a movie I would recommend. Um, it has a very great cast, uh, in addition to Will Smith and Rosario Dawson. Um, Michael Ely has a small part in there. And then, uh, Woody Harrelson, um, absolutely love him as an actor as well. Uh, and I feel like each person really played their role to where it the story feels really authentic. Um, I know some people have their feelings or emotions about the movie, um, but I definitely would recommend it if you want to be able to at least see some of the difficulties of going through grief, especially if you have this heavy guilt that's attached to it. Um, and, and as a reminder to check on those friends who, you know, uh, have, have gone through something or or is grieving but you you may not necessarily know what's going on in their mind um because I definitely believe if the people around Tim would have known the outcome of his plan um even though they probably in my mind I hope that See, and this is where this is where the movie is like difficult because on one hand you have someone who is taking their life, literally taking their life, but in an effort to save someone's life, to redeem the fact that he ruined another family or person's future. So it's it's a complicated movie. It's a very emotional movie. It's one that um, you might have to take in doses. Uh, I know there's been times where I've been in the middle of seven pounds, and it you know it starts to get close to to the end, and I'm like, nope, can't do this. I know what happens. Cool, let's turn it off. I saw what I need to see from this movie. Uh, so on, um, 
a scale of one to five nugs, you know, one being Reggie, shitty, you know, we'll get by, we'll do what we gotta do, five being that's the ghost. Um, definitely would say this one is, I'll give it, you know what? I feel like fives are special, and I'm the type of person, I'll be like, five this, five that. I will give it a four. I will give it a four because of the quality of the content, because of the the commitment of the cast. Um, were there some things that probably could have been better or, you know, um, ended differently, of course, but in its original form, would definitely put that on the list to watch. Um, in terms of storytelling and art and expression, another platform that I feel like heavily uh, has different representations of grief uh, is music. I know that music was one of the things that helped me get through my brother's passing and still helps me to this day on, on when I'm having just those bad days, anxious days, unmotivated days. It's, it's definitely a... a avenue or outlet that I am truly appreciative for because a lot of times um, the songwriters, the singers, producers, the, the people who work on these songs are, are really putting their heart and soul into this. And uh, in many instances, it comes from a place of hurt, whether it's the songwriter lost someone or the, the singer uh, slash artist lost someone. Um, so I will say this grief in, in the sense of music is definitely something that tr transcends all genres and all generations. Um, I tried to narrow it down to like one classic album that I could use and, and I just couldn't because there were so many. So um, I'll just go through a couple of different uh, songs and artists um, that are prominent, well-known, and frequently referred back to when referring to the loss of a loved one or dealing with grief. Um, one of the 90s classics that I feel like we, I cannot not talk about, not not talk about, um, is the I'll Be Missing You by Diddy, Faith Evans, and 112. I remember belting that song as I was the when I was a kid and in the music video being so beautiful and clouds. And I was just like, you know, this is, even though it's a sad song, it, it still feels very warm and welcoming because it's like, you know, I will always be missing you. You'll always be a part of my life. You'll always be in my thoughts, my heart, my soul. And I think that's very much true. You know, even when a person passes, um, I, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I know in my brother's passing, I feel elements of him still living in, in things I do, things I see, memories. Um, thankfully, we grew up, or I grew up in a time where, uh, VHS tapes were things so my parents regularly recorded you know me and my siblings so I have those videos to look back on and, and audio to be able to hear his voice because you know a lot of people say that that's one of the first things you you 
forget is like what the person sounded like. So it's good to be able to have those constant memories to go back to. Um, but uh, I feel like that song is just a song that like everyone knows. Every I'm not going to sing it. Every move I make, every single day, every time I pray, I'll be missing you. I'm sorry, you just had to hear that. <laughs> um, Another one that um, is from my celebrity mother. Um, I am literally the poetic justice baby. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, but, uh, um, gosh, I just lost my train of thought because of my parents. Side, little sidetrack. So my mom is obsessed with Tupac, who has a lot of grief songs, by the way. Um, I think one is Dear Mama, actually, which is <laughs> my older, my oldest brother's, like, one of his favorite songs. Um, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, dear. Oh my God, dear Mama, I haven't heard that song in forever, lady. Don't you know we love you, sweet lady? Place no one above you, sweet lady. Yes! Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> going back to the side story. My mom is obsessed with Tupac. My dad's obsessed with Janet Jackson. Here I am popping out, being cute as hell. Like, look at me. I'm like poetic justice baby in this bitch. <laughs> but um, both of these artists have uh, songs that... that uh, discuss grief and 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 how to get through it. How the problems or troubles that they went through in losing someone. Um, Dear Mama is a really good one. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that Tupac. And then from um, uh, from Janet, we have Got Till It's Gone, which or Together Again too. That's really good, too. Oh, my gosh. Janet has a couple of ones. I think Together Again, I like more just because it is more upbeat and uh, it's more upbeat. It's it's loving. Like, I just, when I hear that song, I'm just like, yes, I can't wait until we're together again. When that moment comes where, like, I'm going to be like, you... Mother Bleeper, I love you so much and I've missed you so much. Um, oh my god, that's such a good song. There are times when I look up, there are times when I feel your love around me, baby. I don't think that's I don't think that's how it goes. Everywhere I go, every smile I see, I know you are there, smiling back at me, dancing in moonlight, I know you are free, cause I can see your star shining down on me. Oh, that is a good one. Okay, 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 okay. So literally, like, if you are grieving and, and you just want something that, that'll help you cry, that'll help you be happy, that'll make you think of the person, think of memories, um, literally you look up, 
songs about grief. Um, there is a playlist on Spotify. Uh, who bought Anchor, by the way? So shout out to Anchor and Spotify. Um, it's called uh, Sadness and Emotional R&B Hip Hop Rap Music, Coping with the Loss of Soothing Songs, Mourning and Grief, Pain, Memory, Soothing. Um, and there's a lot of different different songs on there. Monica, Angel of Mine. Oh, that's a good one. Um, there's Blue Two, uh, Blue Laces Two by Nipsey Hussle. Oh, Dear Mama's on here. Unbreak My Heart, Tony Braxton. I don't know. I guess walked out of my life. Uncry these tears. I cry them every night. <laughs> I'll leave the singing to the singers. Um, but um, I do recommend that you you take a look for yourself. Um, there is a lot that is out there in reference to grief uh, when it comes to movies, when it comes to television. Um, this Is Us is a good television show as well that discusses grief. There's a lot that's going on in, in, in that show. And that's one that I will, full transparency, have not watched because every person I talk to is like, I cry every episode. And I'm like, I don't want that in my life right now. <laughs> But um, I definitely recommend that you go and see what is out there. Uh, and if you are grieving, know that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel sadness around the loss of a person. It's okay to not feel sadness around the loss of a person. You, how you're feeling is valid and no one or nothing no one says should make you feel like what you're going through and your your grieving journey is right or wrong. If it's not harming you or someone else. So if it's not self-harming behavior or harmful behavior uh, to another person, let's say a child or another loved one, but it's but someone doesn't think you're grieving as as you should, ignore them. If 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 you feel concerned in your grief, I, I would recommend talking to a counselor or therapist. And they might they will definitely tell you if, if some of the things that you're doing are unhealthy behaviors. And they will give you uh, coping mechanisms and grounding techniques to help you get through grief. But don't let anyone ever make you feel shamed for how you're feeling. I'm no expert on this. I'm still going through my my grief myself. Every day is different. Every day is new. Every day I learn something. But I know that I'm at least being true to myself and that I'm processing as fast as I can and that I will heal when the time comes. Um, thank you again for joining Days and Amuse podcast. Uh, I am so grateful for all of you. If you would like to stay up to date on all of the podcast ins and outs, definitely follow us on Instagram at, I keep saying us, It's so I'm just so used to it, follow me um, 
on Instagram at Days and Amused Podcast, or you can follow my personal page at Unique Bernique, which is also listed on Days and Amused Podcast. If you have suggestions for topics um, or um, resources you would like for me to share, if you'd like for me to promote your small business on my podcast, I'm definitely all about supporting small businesses. You can reach uh, me via email at daysandamusepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, every Sunday we will be back with a new episode, and I look forward to joining with you again soon. Stay safe, stay high, and always stay fly, my lovelies. I will catch you next week. Bye-bye.